This episode is brought to you by the Arvada Center because they're kicking off their summer concert series in June. Relax under the stars at the Arvada Center's outdoor amphitheater and take in acts like Melissa Etheridge, Big Richard, Tower of Power, Preservation Hall Jazz Band, The Spin Doctors, and so much more. Concerts are scheduled for June through September. You can find a whole schedule of events and get your tickets today at arvadacenter.org. That's arvadacenter.org. Today on CityCast Denver, TikTok. Is it for fun or to be feared? The city of Denver banned the app from government-owned devices this week. So me, producer Paul Caroli, and newsletter editor Adrian Gonzalez are digging into Denver TikTok and all the other stories that mattered this week. Oh, and a programming note. We're taking a day off for President's Day on Monday. So please enjoy a couple more mayoral candidate interviews over the long weekend, and we'll be back on Tuesday. Today is Friday, February 17th, 2023. I'm Erin O'Toole, and here's what Denver's talking about. Welcome back to CityCast Denver, the show about the city that is a top destination in the country for bachelorette parties. Okay. (laughs) I saw this list. We're we famous. can't just say top. We have to say where <laughs> and what beat us. We have to get into this list. Do you have the link? Can we share this around? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Here you go. Okay. So here we are. The list is in 2023's Best Bachelorette Party Destinations. Denver comes in at number 12. That's- Behind. <laughs> Orlando. Orlando? Is that like Disney World? Yeah, that's Disney World. Chicago? Uh, Not this time of year. I'd rather be in Denver. Agreed, agreed. Uh, Look, this is based on how many spots for nightlife, restaurants, uh, hotels, wineries. I feel like Denver is probably getting dinged on the wineries. Yeah, we don't have great wineries. We have a couple of urban wineries. Infinite Monkey Theorem, you ever been there? No. Good. It's all right. Okay. I like that spot. All right. They have good events, decent wine. I just like a, a good can of wine. I love how mathematical this this entire list is. And my favorite uh, little caveat here is that they they rated every city on resting and relaxing rank. And we we came in under Las Vegas. Las Vegas has a better resting and relaxing rank than we do, which to me sounds crazy. That makes no sense. Yeah, I don't get that. Yeah, you can't I don't like that. You can't even get off your feet in Las Vegas. I mean, you're just walking around. So, Here's another one. <laughs> staying safe rank, 181. We have a terrible staying safe rank. Maybe that's a question for these mayoral candidates is what are you going to do to make our bachelorette parties feel safer? New York has a better staying safe rank. I feel like I've been peed on in the subway every time I'm in New York. (laughs) Every time. Maybe we need to send this to all of the mayoral candidates to get their take. Just in case you're curious, they ranked 200 cities. Denver came in 12th. What I think is hilarious is that Thornton came in a five-way tie for last. Thornton. Thornton, Colorado? Yes. Five-way tie for last? That seems right. I mean, That's fine. It's it's based on the lack of wine. No problem with that? No no issue with that. I... Paul, would you ever plan a wedding or bachelor bachelorette party based on a list like this? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I think Paul's looking for the best uh, heart-shaped pizza rank. 
to plan his wedding party. <laughs> True. In which case, I think that should bump Denver up. They're looking at the wrong criteria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I want to add another uh, grain of salt here, which is that this survey by Lawn Love also calls February National Wedding Month. That seems February? wrong. February? That's not right. Nope. I think it's June. That's a destination wedding month, February. Yeah, that is that is total BS. But other than that, this seems like a pretty solid list. Normally, these things are just junk, just press release junk. But this one, they crunch the numbers. I, I yeah. like that. <laughs> it's very scientific. <laughs> yeah. we'll, uh, we'll drop a link in the show notes in case you're, you're curious yourself. So, But let's get into it right now. It's Friday, which means we're talking about the big stories of the week. We're at Westward. I'm Erin O'Toole. Bree Davies is still out. She's going to be back soon. I'm here with newsletter editor Adrian Gonzalez. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. And I'm here with amateur curling wannabe he, Amateur curling one. <laughs> Actually, no, that is are, fair are there, and accurate. Are there professionals? Are there professionals? I don't know. I've seen them on TV. Okay. okay. Yeah, I don't okay. know. They probably don't get paid a lot. It's probably mm. a part-time job. Mm. <laughs> Our producer, Paul Caroli, is here. Paul, good morning. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Adrian. Good morning. We do have a lot to get to, but before we do, I just want to talk a little bit about the episode that ran Thursday morning about these this black ranching family in El Paso County, because it is just a jaw-dropper of a story. Uh, Yeah, I agree. I mean, after we did this interview like Wednesday, late afternoon, um, kind of a a last-minute thing, but it's a story we've been following on and off. Uh, It's kind of a viral moment. It's one of these stories that was really hard to track. But then after talking to Portia Prescott, I, I just... It stuck with me, what was happening, and it just felt like more complicated. And the more I read and the more I talked to people and heard about this, I I just am still really not sure. I'm less sure than ever about what what started this conflict between this couple, Nicole and Courtney Mallory, and it seems like the whole rest of the town of Yoder and the El Paso County Sheriff's Department. Adrian, what do you think about this? It's complicated. I had the same experience because I saw it on TikTok. It was going viral on TikTok uh, a, a, a little bit ago. Interesting. Uh, which is where I originally found it. Um, but then looking at all the details, some of the stories that have come out, some of the the police rebuttal that we saw earlier this week, um, it's complicated, man. I think it's 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 a lot deeper. And I just, yeah, I, I, ranching life is a is a whole other thing to me. Yeah, the El Paso County Sheriff's Department. We didn't talk about this in the episode. Portia Prescott responded to it, but um, they had a press conference earlier this week where they just laid out their case responding to these allegations of racism that, I mean, it's a very detailed presentation. I mean, it's hard it's hard to, to argue with some of this stuff. They have body cameraed footage. They have specific data and information like showing that the story that was portrayed in this initial report from this publication called the Ark Republic is like not exactly right and Mm. like explaining how they weren't consulted and didn't have a chance to talk like give their side of the story I don't know this story is like gotten really twisted around I think there's still there's still more to learn about what happened here and I hope we can stay on it yeah I'll definitely be following it yeah absolutely which brings us to the big story that we're talking about. And Adrian, it's so funny that you mentioned that you learned about this story when it went viral on TikTok, because that's what we're talking about. TikTok, the, the menace to our teens, or, or is it the sunny corner of the internet? No one can really make up their minds what, what it is. But the reason we're talking about it now is Denver has just banned city and county employees from using it on official devices. 
I assumed, oh, it's because it's a huge time suck for everyone. (laughs) At least it is for me. But it's really not about that. It's really about access to user data. So if you're not familiar with TikTok, it's a video sharing app. People can make videos and post them. I mean, this is the dominant social media of today. This is the cultural force. This is what people are talking about. Everyone knows what this app is. Either you tried it, you've seen one online, you've seen one reposted on the social network that you like. Yep. I'm sure everyone out there has an opinion about it. Paul, what do you think? What's your experience with TikTok? Uh, I've, I've been keeping it at arm's length. I'm scared of it a little bit. <laughs> what, you're scared? scared of the power of TikTok. What scares you? What about it scares you? The, the, I, the algorithm. It's, I've seen it suck people in. I've seen loved ones, friends. I've seen people just like sit and lose hours to it. I too have lost time and loved ones to the algorithm. You make this sound like being kidnapped by a UFO. I mean, it does feel like kidnapping when you open the app and then all of a sudden you look up and it's been an hour and a half. Yeah. So they're definitely kidnapping your time. Right. Well, some of the sinister aspect of it is that TikTok's parent company is a Chinese company called ByteDance. And because this tech firm is owned, you know, is Chinese owned, that means it's subject to Chinese law, which means that if the Chinese government asks for data, they have to give it to them. Does that scare you, Adrian? A little bit. Um, You know, I always assume that whatever I'm touching digitally, people are going to have my data. But I think in this case, it it feels a little scary. We saw what happened uh, with Russia uh, in the previous two presidential elections and how they can influence some of our opinions. Yes. And so I think that's when it gets scary. It's not so much, I think, for me, you can have my data. I think they have it. But yeah. thinking about the things that they can utilize that data for mm-hmm. uh, in some dark ways, we've got another election coming up, a presidential election. Yeah. Yeah, personally, the the China stuff is like the least worrisome aspect of it to me. Although I, I do have a bias here. I've always found China to be a fascinating country, a fascinating culture. So I, I, you know, I've wanted to visit for many, many years, never had a chance. I mean, maybe that's what the algorithm would feed me, you know, Chinese hmm. propaganda, Chinese <laughs> cooking videos. I don't know. Um, I mean, those are good. Give me, give me the propaganda. But, uh, but yeah, I, I just assume like all of our social networks do that with the American government, right? Like, aren't yeah. they all trading information, mm-hmm. colluding, changing the way we feel about stuff, holding things back? I don't know. I just assume this is part of how the internet works. Yeah, right. I mean, I, there was a nine news story about this and they talked to uh, a tech guy that's here in Colorado. And he said what TikTok is collecting is not any different from what Facebook or Instagram, all of these social media apps collect on us all the time, Google. The difference is who owns it. Yeah, I think that there is a little bit of a, of a sinister angle to this and that we, we have these conversations a lot of whether it's Americans or certain type of countries. And so again, we're collecting all of this data Uh, as a country from our citizens. But when it comes to a Chinese company or any other foreign power, then it becomes a conversation about public safety and uh, cybersecurity. Public defense. Yes. Then it's a war thing. Then the whole machine starts up. Yeah. But God forbid the Chinese have information on us. (laughs) But this is a local issue for us now. That's what I'm excited to talk about. I mean, this is an interesting new policy from the city of Denver. Are they banning it from public devices? Yeah. I was surprised to see this. I was surprised that they might even have TikTok accounts. (laughs) I don't know. You think? What jumped into my mind was the 30 Rock thing when Steve Buscemi is on and he's apparently been an undercover police officer, a a young looking police officer squad Uh, going undercover, you know, 
how do you do, fellow kids? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Adrian, I know you're you're a TikTok guy. Power I, user, as, as we po- call it. Oh, a power user. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? You have any thoughts on you know state or government officials being on TikTok in the first place? I don't. I don't like it. I don't care for it. I think. Um, I always scroll quickly. I don't want to be on that side of TikTok. I, I curate my algorithm very, very carefully. And so um, I know before we started, we were talking about Jared Polis being on TikTok and, and Jared Polis having the goofy local government uh, fun guy vibe. It's, he's it's so fun. goofy he, on there. He's Dude, it's, so it's like your dad goofy. being on there. And I, I feel like, Dad, oh, come no. on. Yeah. I feel like they should be. I mean, TikTok is, like I said, it's like the thing that all the young people use now to get their information. Mm -hmm. And if you're not on there distributing information, you're missing out on an opportunity to reach people. Yeah. Like it's a powerful, powerful platform. So I don't know. I was thinking about this, like the, the government, the the way that the city of Denver has justified this, this is a quote from nine news uh, from Ashley Bolton, the city's chief data and information security officer. Um, She said they made the move after performing a risk assessment of the popular Chinese-owned app. Quote, if you just look at a risk versus reward, we thought the risk outweighed any reward. So what are the risks and rewards? I mean, the risks are city employees wasting time on there, getting Mm -hmm. sucked in, Mm -hmm. you know? That's, Mm -hmm. I I don't know, that seems, whatever. Um, And then the Chinese security stuff, which, you know, everyone's going to have their own opinion about. But the reward... There, I mean, just on our show in the past two years, we've featured Denverites who have made their livings, who have like created careers off of TikTok. Right. A few that I've I've pulled out: Jonathan Stalls of the Pedestrian Dignity Account. He has been a huge advocate for sidewalks. Would Denver deserve sidewalks if passed last year? If it weren't for Jonathan Stalls, right? Maybe I don't know. Good question. It's kind of weird if no one from the city of Denver is watching his TikToks, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Another one, Styler Rising. Would their queer-friendly metamorphosis gym be thriving without TikTok? It would not. It would not. That's a small business that's succeeding because of TikTok. Fashion Nation, another one. Yeah, that alternative bring up Fashion boutique. Nation. Yeah, okay. exactly. They turn their whole business around because of TikTok. Yeah, we had them on our show. That was a great episode to talk about. Would their business be thriving as as it is without that account? It it frankly it seems to me to be a little irresponsible for the city of Denver to be ignoring this platform. Feels reactive. Mm-hmm. Certainly feels reactive. I think about Alexandria Ocasio Cortez has her accounts. She's on TikTok. She's on Instagram. She's very active, and and the amount of access that it gives voters, constituents to be inside and hear from this perspectives, whether you, you agree with her or not politically, I think to be able to hear from these folks on the inside and, you know, maybe pull back the curtain a little bit. It's undeniable. It's just undeniable how powerful it is. I mean, that's why Polis is there doing his goofy goofball stuff, because he (laughs) knows that's how you reach some people. And he seems to have zero appetite for banning it at the state level, at least so far. Interesting. I want to talk about the politics of this, because I do, I find it a little bit revealing who wants to ban TikTok. I mean, it seems like... 27 states and their governments have banned it in some fashion, either an outright, like from, I mean, from government devices, Um, mostly Republicans, Mm -hmm. mostly Republicans. And in fact, in Colorado, Ken Buck, who's a Republican congressman, he was the first of Colorado's congressional delegation to to kind of get on board with this. Interesting. Yeah, it could be. I mean, the, the the medium is the message, as they say, right? Yeah. I mean, for these Republicans that are so against TikTok because of they, they don't want to China to have our data or whatever, um, they're missing out on this platform to connect with people. 
So if, I guess it's, it puts politicians in a kind of a curious position. Like, what do you choose? Do you choose to try to reach young people where they're at and where they're listening? Or do you try to make a point about information security and global politics? Because you really can't do both. Exactly. That's right. But there is another member of Colorado's congressional delegation who is now coming out in favor of a ban. I thought I'd play you a little bit. This is Senator Michael Bennett talking with Michelle Martin of NPR. Well, what worries that me the most about TikTok is that it uh, over 100 million Americans are, are using it, uh, 80 minutes or 82 minutes a day. That's roughly three hours a week. And the, the obligations of TikTok's parent company, ByteDance, under Chinese law requires it uh, at a moment's notice when Beijing asks for it, demands it, uh, to share any data that it has acquired on the site. I think that that could force TikTok to surrender sensitive data from Americans, tweak its algorithm to advance the interests of the Chinese Communist Party, and I think that's bad for the United States. China is pursuing a China-first policy by any means necessary licit or illicit. And the question for the United States, I think, whether it's about TikTok or anything else, is whether we're content to be collateral damage. Uh, it's a Democrat switching, switching sides on this issue. That's what that sounds like to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he is on the Senate Intelligence Committee, which makes me wonder, what do you know that we don't know? Perhaps. Perhaps. That's interesting. One thing I learned from that is that my usage of TikTok is way above average. <laughs> I, mine is not three hours a week, I'll tell you that. Okay. <laughs> That's three hours in one night. <laughs> I mean, in one like, sitting. Yeah. Hmm. I, I mean, is this just a like the new Cold War? Is it, is it China and TikTok battling for the hearts, minds, and eyes of our, of our young people? I don't know. It's interesting to me that he he says, uh, what is the term he used? Sensitive American data information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe he knows something I don't know, but what makes it sensitive? Yeah, I don't know. It's above my pay grade. Your eye movements, you're like, what are you interested in? You're like... I just don't think I'm that important, tastes. Paul. I, I don't think that they're going to look at my account and go, we, we need this. We, yeah. The way he moves his eyes are, is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think in the aggregate, I think he does have a point. I mean, I, it is worrisome knowing that by using the app, you're, you're submitting yourself to this thing that is so powerful and that it can be twisted and turned to change your mind, mm-hmm. to give you information to make you think certain things about, you know. Yeah. But then again, it brings me back to why don't we have those conversations about the way the U.S. government keeps some of that data, the amount of data that Meta slash Facebook is is collecting on folks uh, is also a little scary. And I think if we're going to have the conversation, we should have it about all of it. Yeah, that's a great point. I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. Absolutely. I don't know. Well, maybe it's better, you know, for all of us, for our productivity and our well-being if it gets banned. I, I really don't think that's going to happen. And in fact, I want to clarify that Senator, Senator Bennett is not calling for a ban of it on devices. He's asking Google and Apple to pull it from their app stores. I guess the end result would be the same, though. It would be sound similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess you could still access it on a browser. Yeah. Is that the difference that you just wouldn't be able to have an app so it would make it harder to access it? I guess. Hmm. Fewer people would I would do just it. be carrying my laptop uh, all the time and listening <laughs> yeah. to TikTok out loud. I mean, the Chinese yeah. government uh, still could get the data if yeah. you use it. <laughs> yeah. I got to say, I feel bad for TikTok CEO. He's prepping to be on Capitol Hill next month for some kind of hearing hearing, I, I'm sure it's going to be a relentless grilling. Um, he did meet with Senator Bennett, by the way. Hmm. Um, and I think they had a productive conversation. But then after that, 
Bennett said, nah, I think, I think Apple and Google should pull it. So Interesting. Well, I'll be watching that one. Yeah, we're going to reach out to Senator Bennett's office. We'd really like to, to hear from him on this issue. I'd love to hear what, uh, what else... You know, what else concerns them and maybe some more details on what, why that data is so sensitive and how, how it can be used. I'm sure we can only share a little bit of it, but as a power user, I'm, I'm a bit concerned. That's where I get all my news. I always joke that uh, I show up to parties and uh, I don't say I saw it on TikTok. Is I read an article. That's, you know, it's really interesting. I read an article about the, <laughs> the ranchers in South Colorado. No, I didn't read an article. I watched it on TikTok. I have gotten many useful cleaning hacks from TikTok, so my house might be dirtier but maybe we'll be safer. Mm. All right. Well, no guarantees that this is going to happen, but if we do get Senator Bennett on the show, if you have questions for him or a message for him maybe about your favorite TikTok superstars, um, please text us or leave us voicemail. You can do that at 720-500-5418. That's, again, 720-500-5418. We're going to take a quick break. We will be right back with something else. Okay, we're back, and we're here to talk about a handful of stories that maybe didn't get as much attention as some of the big news items did this week, but we feel they should have. So, uh, Paul, what do you got? Me first? Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, mine is uh, a little bit silly, but also a little bit scary. Prairie dogs. (laughs) What's scary about prairie dogs? Nothing. They're adorable. You think they're adorable? Yes. I feel like people are, have mixed opinions about prairie really? dogs. Really? I, I, I love them. But love again, them. I don't have them in my backyard. So True. Right. That's the... Well, may, this story, then you two, I don't know how you're going to feel about it. Because okay. prairie dogs oh. are under attack. According to reporter David Heights at Newsbreak, there has been a years-long war between development and aurora growing on the eastern plains and prairie dog habitats and... Apparently, a lot of people don't really respect the prairie dogs. Think of them more as rodents. So they just, we just build these buildings and there's no real consideration for the prairie dogs. So two Aurora city councilors this week have uh, reportedly drafted legislation that would require developers to relocate prairie dogs instead of slaughtering them, which they have been doing. Oh. I don't like thinking about that. Do you want to hear how they do it? (laughs) Sure. Not really, but I think we should know. Okay, no. we is don't it, have to. It's, no. it's, it's pretty grisly. Yeah. Well, this is actually the more humane method. So this okay. is the bill says that when there's no suitable option for relocation, developers must utilize humane methods for extermination that don't pose a risk to other wildlife. That means in burrow lethal control using carbon monoxide in the form of pressurized exhaust. Oh. That is a lot of fancy words for gassing them out. Gassing them out. Wow. Gas into the holes. That's terrible. That's the humane yeah. thing that they want. That's the more humane thing than they're doing now. Wow. What are, what are they doing now? Like, what's the less humane way? I don't know. Oh my my mind okay. races with possibilities <laughs> of what's happening in these prairie dogs. Oh, oh. All right. More prairie dogs. I mean, why? I think I would think relocating them would be easier than this. And you could sleep at night. Hey. Who knows? Is this a cost thing? Is it cheaper to just 
it emissions them, them out of there. Oh my god! Ignore them. Pretend they're not there. Yeah. Do I mean? Do they create some kind of hazard? Is that it? That's I, my question. I, is what's yeah. the issue of having them around? I talked to my wife about this. She grew up here, and she said that the the one thing that people up in northern Colorado would always complain about prairie dogs for doing is creating these holes that um, were really easy for horses to get their feet stuck in. Mm. Right. And so you'd like a horse would break their leg, and then you know mm. what half happen with the horse. Okay. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. I. But, I mean, how many people are riding on horses now around, you know? Around Eastern Aurora. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I will say when my husband and I moved to Colorado to Greeley in 2009, we were waiting for the moving truck to arrive. And I legitimately saw a woman ride down the street on a horse. Oh, yeah? And I just thought, oh, my gosh, I am in Colorado. Colorado. That's yeah. my dream. I would love yeah. to have a, a horse and uh, ride in here into Westward. I don't yeah. I, I don't think but, there's horse like, parking at the no Westward. There's post. <laughs> I mean, not enough. I do have the hats and, and boots for it. You do. All you need is the horse. Yes. Yeah, All I love hat, that. no cattle. Yeah. Well, um, where is this going? I mean, are they going to, like, step up their efforts to relocate these poor little adorable... Well, some prairie dogs are adapting to the urban environment, apparently. There are some spots like parks and open spaces in Aurora where they've they've lived and thrived. But it sounds like the more development grows, the more these prairie dog habitats are just going to get pushed out further and further. Hmm. That's an interesting conversation to me. I think we've, we're so focused on ourselves as humans and, and growing that we have no... We have no middle ground of how do we grow around the existing ecosystem. Mm -hmm. It's these spiders are on my way. These prairie dogs are in our way. Why don't we just gas them out? Yeah. I just like to be comfortable in my house. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think that's an interesting conversation. I agree that it's an interesting conversation. I mean, there, there was another detail that jumps to mind. It's like, I don't know if there is an ecosystem. There's no like natural pre-human state left like we've affected everything that's how i feel about it and there was this example about the the black-footed ferrets that they've been raising and trying to bring back from the brink of extinction at the rocky mountain arsenal yeah apparently black-footed ferrets prey on prairie dogs so they've this is a really good place for black-footed ferrets to, to rebuild their numbers because there's so many prairie dogs. Yeah, That's see, like how they're thinking about balancing the ecosystem. So some of the developers, some people who are talking about this, New Bill and Aurora, are talking about bring the black-footed ferrets in mm -hmm. to start getting rid of the prairie dogs. Kind of restore a little yeah, bit of that natural get some balance. balance. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I'm into that. Right. I'm into that. I, that yeah. reminds me of the the wolf reintroduction that we've been talking about mm -hmm. for years. I think in, in restoring some of the natural habitats... Uh, I just I just don't think that that's a good avenue to start off killing animals because they're they're inconvenient. I feel like you start to mess with the rest of the system and there's yeah. no way to equalize it. I mean, if you've been watching The Last of Us, I I keep saying we we are the the parasites. Like, True. As, as soon as the Earth gets rid of us, I think yeah, uh, everything it, else will thrive. The Earth will go on. <laughs> All right, let's move, let's move on yeah, to the okay. You don't I have to go okay. Who wants okay. to go next? I, I can because mine is fun and it's going to make you forget all about the sadness. Um, so I, the, here's what I thought was underreported. Colorado has now an official state aroma. Okay. Uh, I guess maybe I should say it's an unofficial state aroma. I haven't heard Governor Polis talk about it or anything but like that. But <laughs> um, I guess this all started when New Mexico decided, okay, we want to determine what our state aroma is, and they ultimately decided it's the smell of roasted green chili. Which great pick, yeah, great pick, ten number ten. one draft pick. Yeah. Take that off the board yep. first. Right. Good uh, move, New Mexico. Yeah. I mean, highly agree. Colorado's that could have been Colorado's too, but I think they beat mm -hmm. us to the punch. Uh, so Axios Denver surveyed. Can we guess? 
Yes, of course. Oh, what's okay, your guess, what, what do you think? Uh, something about skiing or oil. The Greeley smell, maybe? Ranching? Oh, okay, see, ranching. I'm, I'm somewhere in there. I think my two guesses would be the Purina dog show. So like dog yes. food or weed. Yeah. Those are my two guesses. <laughs> maybe those two okay. together. That's the Denver smell. Yeah. Right. So Special mixing. Smell. <laughs> um, Adrian, you got it. It's Ooh. weed. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say the, the dog food. I. It, weed feels right too. Yeah, yeah. We, that weed makes feels sense. right. It's a I very mean, distinctive smell. I, hopefully, people are not upset about it. I think it's a very pleasant smell. I, have you either of you ever heard it called Colorado cologne? Never, no. but I'm, okay. I'm into this. You know how all the articles that when people are coming to visit you in in Denver, they're like, "Oh, I saw this article about thing." You know, terms that will make you sound like a Denverite, and one is if. Colorado cologne. <laughs> like I have never heard anyone oh my God. call it Colorado cologne, but yeah, I bet Jared Polis would call it that. It sounds like yeah. something he'll that'll be on his TikTok pretty soon. If we start it, we could make this a thing. Um, so, Aaron, who what, chose this unofficial scent? This was again Axios Denver surveyed people. I'm not sure how many responses they got. How scientific is it? Probably about as much as the Bachelorette destination. <laughs> A um, couple of the runner-ups, one was the smell of pine, mm. um, the crisp snow air, and um, another was hops and brewing. And that That's is a good one. A, yeah, those are both good. Mm-hmm, a distinctive smell, too. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. What do you think? Is Does marijuana kind of sum up the smell? I mean, yeah. yeah. Would yeah. you pick something else? I want to hear if listeners have better answers. Yeah. I would love to know what, what y'all think. Let us know. Yeah, text us or leave us a voicemail at 720-500-5418 if you got a better, better, if you can top weed for what our state smell should be. Yeah, then we want to hear it. smells. The, the, the odor hotline, <laughs> 720-500-5418. Adrian, hit us with your underreported story of the week. All right. Mine is not about smells, but it's a, it is about animals. So we've been talking about the avian flu and the effect that it's had on eggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've really enjoyed some of the memes. I haven't enjoyed the prices of eggs, but uh, the CDPHE has actually been warning folks that we should be not touching dead birds because the avian flu, well, there is a low risk of transmitting the avian flu to humans mm-hmm. and house beds. There is still a risk. Um, and so they're encouraging folks, if you see a dead bird, don't go near it. If even a live bird, they might be infected and you might not know, which actually alarmed me because on my walk the other day, I saw a dead crow, went to take a picture of it. Longer conversation for another day. I love crows. They're beautiful birds. And it was just, I thought it had been injured. They had no injury. I did kick it over with my foot just to see if it was still alive. And then I took a picture. Then I read that we were not supposed to touch these dead birds which I've always known. I don't really go around touching dead birds. So, no. <laughs> okay. I thought that's what we were leading to. You're sad. You're not supposed to touch any more dead birds. No, but I do love, I do love bird watching. <laughs> I, I enjoy the birds. And now I feel a little bit afraid to even be near them. Um, but the CDPHE does say that transmission is very low against uh, humans or house pets, but you should still be careful uh, and if you have any, they have a list of symptoms. If you, they're essentially respiratory systems that if you start feeling them, mm-hmm. you've been around a bird, uh, you know, be sure to watch out for symptoms. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's tough. I know if you have kids, uh, kids love to touch everything, so that is definitely something to be on the lookout for. Aaron, how about you? Are you touching a lot of dead birds? I mean, not lately. So live ones. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I've actually. 
I and I don't have backyard chickens either, but I think this is probably a concern too. What about birds flying into your backyard coop? I mean, that seems like hmm. something out of your control. Yeah, I think uh, you know there's a part about touching birds. Uh, Dr. Rachel uh, Harley is a state. Uh, oh, Dr. Hurley. Hurley. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for helping yeah. me with the pronunciation. She's a state <laughs> epidemiologist. Yeah. Um, and she says, quote, the risk to humans is low, but avian flu is widespread in birds throughout the state right now. It is important to avoid wild birds and not handle tr- or transport any sick, dead or dying birds. Good to know. Yeah. Paul, is this a, something you need to watch out for? Uh, also, no, not okay. doing a lot of dead bird touching, um, but I uh, also a bird fan. We've had uh, some yeah. nice northern flickers come through the park near my house lately. Oh, fun. Yeah, yeah they're picking, picking grubs off the ground. That's a beautiful bird. I saw an eagle the other day, you guys. Oh, cool. A, bu- a huge bald eagle near the rec center, and I just was like in awe. Hmm. I've just never been up that close. I didn't touch it, though. Now I'm extra <laughs> glad that I did not. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to have some great ideas for you to do this weekend and crown one the champion. All right, we're back. It's time for the official CityCast Denver maybe for your weekend, as in maybe you'll see us there. Because as usual, there are so many cool things happening in Denver this weekend. Too many cool things. And we have opinions. Adrian, You round up your best bets all the time in our newsletter, Hey Denver. You're here now with a special list for us to choose from. What do you got? I've got a few, uh, four events for you. One I'm really excited about. I, you you guys know I love movies. Yes. I love any kind of movie, documentaries. Um, And one of my favorite theaters in town was the IMAX theater inside of the Museum of Nature and Science, Hmm. uh, which has been closed for some time now Hmm. for renovations. Okay. Well, it's reopening tonight. And they're throwing a free VIP party so you could see the whole new facelift. Um, nice. They're going to play. So they have a new lobby entrance, new furnishings, uh, and a whole new sound system. If you've ever been in there and watched the movie, it's the sound wasn't really the best part it of it. It was not. <laughs> and yeah. so, <laughs> so I'm really excited to see it. They have 2D and 3D capabilities. And really what they're touting is that they've made these facelifts so that uh, they could play bigger movies, whether they're old Hollywood movies, nature documentaries, and have mm. a, a better plethora of movies to choose from. Man. This is awesome. Yeah. I'm so excited about that. Nature on the big screen is incredible. I love space, you know, footage, documentaries on the big screen. This is the biggest screen of all. This DMNS, new IMAX screen? Well, it's called an infinity theater. I don't think it's an IMAX theater now. But it's a better theater, not IMAX. Uh, But they're going to have popcorn, sodas, wine, and a special surprise. What could that be? This is be? for the VIP party to, tonight? <laughs> yeah, tonight, okay. 6 to 8 p.m. It's okay. free and open to anyone. You can show up and, huh. automatic and check out the VIP. new theater. Automatic yeah. VIP status. I like that. Dang, that's a really good okay. one. Right. That's going to be hard to beat. Yeah. What, what else you got, Oh, Adrian? that's a fun one. Um, well, this one's for the vinyl record lovers. If you're into vinyl, uh, a local company, Vinyl Me Please, is throwing their annual Rocky Mountain record show uh, February 18th and 19th, so Saturday and Sunday. Okay. So essentially they have... And open, it's at the Sports Castle downtown, so you, Very you cool. know, any event there is, is big and fun. Uh, and they have a ton of records that you can choose from, new ones, vintage ones. So if you're a collector, this is, this is the place to be, man. Um, it is free to enter, so you could just show up at 11 a.m., I believe, on both days and just come in, check out what they have, and buy some merch, some vinyl. Or if you're really a, a true collector, you can pay extra. You can pay $25 and get two hours 
extra before everyone else is let in. Oh. Before everyone else chooses all the good records. Real collectors, real. If you're looking for something special, I guess. That's a bargain. Are you a turntable guy, Paul? Not even a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, Not a big physical (laughs) media guy. I would imagine you would be. Yeah. Yeah, It's just never been that important to me. Huh. Wow. Are you? I I love vinyls. I don't, you know, I'm not a huge collector yet, but I'm, I'm a big fan. Yeah. I'm not a collector, but I have held on to my childhood records, my teenage records. I mean, yeah, I got a lot of vinyl. I really buy into that. The sound, I, you know, I, I, I really buy into that. You can really sell me a lot of weird things if you tell me it's going to sound better. Do I really know the difference? Uh, a little bit, but <laughs> not really. I think it sounds better. But this is a fun <laughs> one for the record collectors. Yes. Um, if you're more into the video games, the next one is probably mm-hmm. for you. We have a Mario Kart uh, tournaments going on at Spangalang. So this is happening every Saturday at Spangalang Brewery in Five Points. Um, okay. You show up wow. and you can play. Interesting. You can show up in the mor- in the afternoons, Saturday afternoons, and play Mario Kart on Nintendo, Nintendo Switch, the Wii, Sega, and Nintendo 64. Oh. So, Do they say which version of Mario Kart? They don't say. I think they have several ones. Okay. Why, are you a true, like a... Well, OG. I, you know there that are there are different versions. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, there's over the years, they've had different consoles come out, and they make right. a new one for each console, so the technology gets a little better. Huh. The ones that I've spent the most time with are the 64 one and then the current one for the Switch, which is perfect. I don't know how they're going to improve on this current Really? I haven't played that one, so I'll have to try it. Yeah, it's like 10 years old. They keep updating it. Um, but yeah. it's great. Can you sit in a beanbag chair to play <laughs> here? Like that would be the thing that would make it perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think that they have be beanbags, but maybe you can bring your own. I, we'll see. Or like, are they going to say no? <laughs> tournaments. Seems that, that I, I'm into that. I like that. All right, what okay. else? What's the fourth one? All right, the fourth one is for the bread lovers. If you like carbs, this is the one for you. Ruby's Market is having or is starting uh, also a weekly, what they're calling bread bodega. And so every Saturday they're going to showcase bakers from uh, from here, local bakers from huh. around town, from around the world. And you can come and buy your favorite loaf of sourdough, oh. a lot of good pastries. So Ooh. if you're into breads, man, Saturday mornings at Ruby's Market. Where's Ruby's Market? I'm not familiar with this place. Uh, it's down, It's in Platte Park. Okay. Uh, okay. I don't know exactly where it is. I've actually never been to the physical location, but I've... I do follow them on Instagram, and their Instagram, highly recommend. Mm. It's on 15 and Pearl. Okay. okay. That's a nice area to walk around. Have a little pastry, have yeah. a coffee, morning walk. Yeah, and go shop for some vintage stuff. There's some good shops out there. It's going to be nice on Saturday morning. Good, oh, good time it? for oh, that. Thank yeah. God. I'm yeah. so tired of the snow. I know. <laughs> I'm ready. I, you know, carbs have been, I would say, unfairly targeted for a while. <laughs> They're back, clearly, because we have this weekly bread bodega, and that's kind of tempting. I don't know. Carbs are Wait. back. Carbs are back. Denver you heard it here. Says, okay. Carbs I, are back. I know for some people they never left. <laughs> this is tough. Adrian, this is tough. This is a really varied list. I don't know. I'm a vinyl lover. Um what do you what do you I'm guys think? I'm not going like, to the vinyl. Okay. Not yeah. even a maybe for me. That's just a no. I'm not going to the you sports. You could just download <laughs> something on Spotify. Yeah. You don't know the thrill of combing through the endless bins of vinyl, the crates and crates, uh-huh. looking for something He's good. He's not sold. I don't know. Okay. Okay. I mean, the movie theater, I could be. I could go that way. Yep. yep. I could go that way. Video games, Mario Kart, I could go that way as well. Hmm. The bread, though. Ruby's Market. Locally that might be my baked. favorite. Yeah, fresh. I could lean that way. It's between that and the Denver Museum of Nature and Science. 
Adrian, between those yeah, two. Yeah. I would do the bread. That's my choice. I love okay. bread. I love pastries. I'm not really into sweets, but I do love bread, man. Yeah. I, sourdough. I would try every single version of sourdough in this world if I could. Hell yeah. I think that's it. Carbs are back. Carbs are back. They're back, baby. <laughs> and they've won us over this week. All right. I think we've got a winner. That's it. Our our official CityCast Denver maybe for your weekend. You will see us stuffing our faces with bread, perhaps. But hey, there's way more where that came from. Adrian always has plenty of recommendations in our newsletter, Hey Denver, which you can subscribe to right now. Very easy to do. Text Denver to 66866. All right. Adrian, Paul, thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Paul. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. Our producers this week were me, Erin O'Toole, Paul Caroli, Lizzie Goldsmith, and J.D. Lopez. Adrian Gonzalez writes our morning newsletter. Our host, Bree Davies, will be back next week. Our music is by Los Mocachetes, with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren. If you haven't already, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at CityCast Denver, and tell your favorite TikToker about us the next time you see them. You can sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866. And learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. Remember, no new episode on Monday. See you back in your feed on Tuesday. I know. (laughs) You'll never know how CityCast feels about macronutrients now. (laughs) Too bad. You're going to have to wonder.